From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. But Hitler loves me. When a genocidal maniac shows compassion to a few people, are they still a genocidal maniac? Absolutely. There's no coming back from genocide. Showing compassion to some while gassing and burning others does not counteract that really bad stuff. Actions are the defining factor here. Good people do not commit genocide. Period. And yet, several groups of people claim that the love of a genocidal maniac is the greatest love anyone can ever experience. There is no love greater than he who drowns kids. That's it. Jesus is at the top of the line when it comes to love. Jealous fits of rage, love me or suffer, love me and still suffer, pointless massacres, and bloodshed in exchange for forgiveness. Personally, I could never worship such a monster. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. What do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is author and co-founder at Christian Professionals of Atlanta, Anna Migrelishvili. Welcome to the show, Anna. <laughs> you did great. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking the time. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I do several things actually. And, um, all of it started, um, with God and, uh, um, right now my biggest, uh, chunk of time is dedicated to running, uh, Christian professionals of Atlanta. Um, it's a new organization, um, focused on bringing Christians of all denominations into one room um, and with a focus on servant leadership. So um, non-Christians are also welcome. And um, our focus is really to look at who Jesus was as he was the best example um, of who servant leader was, right? Mm -hmm. And helping the community, um, leading people bringing community around him. And so our goal is to really educate um, people about importance of serving our community and each other. Definitely important to serve the community and each other. Thank yeah. you for that. Um, so Jesus is the best example. We'll get into that later, of course. Yeah. Um, good, good start. Good start. So you started with God. How does that yes. work? How did that, how did that happen? So my story is a little bit, um, I guess, um, similar to if you read, you know, Acts 9 and how Saul was prosecuting and then suddenly he had this very transformational moment on mm -hmm. the Damascus Road. So I can't, I kind of was in similar journey. I not only was not a believer, I was angry with God. I was very resentful of God my entire life up until... Um, a little bit less than three years ago, and I had a very uh, profound moment um, that came out of completely nowhere. Um, it was October of 2020, and um, nothing specific was happening in my life that I would say was traumatic or anything. It was just a regular week. But one night, I woke up at 3 a.m., wide awake, as if I've slept the entire night, and I started praying for the first time in my life and I cannot explain why I started hmm. praying. And my prayer was, you know, God, can you show me what my purpose in life is? I want to know why I'm here on this earth. Right. And so then something very bizarre happened. I hmm. actually audibly heard a voice, hmm. um, giving me directions and at that point, you know, I'm a little freaked out and I'm like, am I dreaming? Am I making this up? And then yeah. I'm very logical. And I was like, no, I'm wide awake. 
I definitely, I think I heard it for sure. But then I was like, okay, let me sleep on it. And then I'll decide in the morning. Hmm. I go to sleep in the morning. I wake up and I was like, yeah, definitely something happened last night. So I call into work and I take a day off and I follow the instructions that I heard in the middle of the night. And the instruction was go to the grocery store, buy the specific supplies, make 24 bags of lunches. And so I did just that and um, was like, okay, downtown Atlanta is where I've seen, you know, homeless people. I'm just going to start driving. So I get in my car with these lunches. As soon as I see somebody who is struggling on the street, I stopped and said, hey, would you like some lunch? And if they said yes, would give them lunch and just Hmm. keep going. Not very safe, probably. (laughs) But at that point, I was just following. But you're in the right place. You know, you're you're doing the right thing there. Yeah. So about an hour goes by and suddenly I come across this big group of people. I count them and I have exactly the same number of lunches left. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. So I take this whole big bag of lunches, walk over and say, hey, guys, made some lunches. Would you like some lunches? Everybody's happy. Give them all out. Hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm done for the day. I was about to get in my car. And suddenly this lady calls me over and she says, hey, honey, don't go yet. Come over here. Mm-hmm. So I left my car, walk back and I say, okay, yes. How can I help you? And she says, I have a gift for you. And I said, okay. So suddenly she hands me this little bird made out of clay. It, it was mm-hmm. a little sparrow and on it was written now in God's hands. And it was like a moment hmm. that almost like this lightning strike my heart. And I didn't understand what it meant. I felt this very strong emotion burst into tears. Hmm. I knew in that moment, God was real. I Back then, I didn't even know what it was. Now, obviously, after studying, I understand that was the moment when I accepted Jesus into my heart, but I, I didn't even have conceptual understanding what it meant. I just knew something profound really happened to me. Hmm. And so I'm here I am crying, got in, in my car, went home, and I went on Amazon and I bought my very first Bible. And that was... <laughs> You can get those things for free. <laughs> I know, but you know, I didn't know anything. So that was like, well, Amazon carries everything. So I just I just bought my first Bible off of Amazon. And uh, that's uh, how my journey began in, yeah. And, and that's how I came to Christ. <laughs> interesting. Well, thank you for that. that. That's an interesting story. It's a unique one I haven't heard yet. Um, okay. Now this, this clay bird. Yes. That you received. And as soon as you received it, you felt that God was real. Explain that, that, that part for me. That's a little confusing. So how did that clay bird get to God is real? It, it almost felt like it was a sign. It was, um, well, first it was a combination of things, right? I heard a voice. I, then I knew I didn't make it up. Right. That bird was almost like God was speaking to me. Um, Hmm. and, felt called. And that specific phrase, you know, I mean, now in God's hands, it was just very specific way of Hmm. writing something on a, you know, little bird, like statuette of a bird. So I don't know, it just felt like, okay, God is real. He's speaking to me. I need to learn more. I don't understand what it exactly means I have never read a Bible. I don't know anything about um, who Jesus is beyond just very, you know, superficial um, Hmm. kind of, he was a historical figure who potentially a lot of people follow. And so I knew I needed to learn more. And um, so yeah, that Bible um, was something I just started reading it and obviously knew I didn't understand half of the things that were written. <laughs> um, and I've been so, reading it all my life and I still don't understand half right, of it. So, right. <laughs> exactly. so, you know, and then I started going to church and then I started kind of um, attending different Bible study courses mm. and starting learning more about, um, you know, 
what it means to be a Christian. And um, it took me a little, mm. almost a year from that moment um, until I decided to get baptized. Um, so I got baptized in August of 2021. Um, and that was a beautiful emotional ceremony for me. And um, yeah, and that was um, also when I became a Christian. So before it was almost like before and after, right? Before I was very... Um, oriented toward wealth acquisition. So I was, I had a very successful career. I was living my life, traveling the world, having all kinds of anything I wanted, I could afford. Right. And suddenly this dissatisfaction started growing in my heart. It's like, there has to be more to this life than hmm. just buying things and having experiences. Right. And, um, eventually it culminated into where I actually quit my job, a uh, mm. very cushion job and decided to take a sabbatical and grow closer to God. And so in February of 2022 is when I began that journey. Mm. And I started by going to Israel and Jordan. And because I wanted to visit all the holy places and just kind of, uh, get closer to God. You and it, you wanted to be there. Yeah. I wanted to be there. <laughs> you know? And, and typically like, it's, it's really interesting. So like, I am not at all a person who gets starstruck by any celebrity. Like I've met many, I don't care about that, but mm. there I was like, oh, Jesus walked here. He was born here. He touched this. Like it was just phenomenal and mind blowing. And I was just like giddy <laughs> with excitement and so emotional, right? When you go to a place where Jesus was born and you touch that place, I mean, the star, it's like, wow, well, I just. <laughs> if if that is really what happened there. Yeah. I mean, that would be yeah. something. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious to know how they knew what Jesus touched. That I would like to know how they know that. So, obviously, <laughs> um, it's, so if you go through uh, Jerusalem, now mm. they have this markings of you know, um, different things, um, that are following in the Bible. So for example, mm -hmm. like in the, the moment where Jesus almost fell and then Simon helped him carry the cross. So they marked, that with an X. They marked it. And so it's interesting. So many <laughs> people are touching that space uh -huh. that it's actually, um, it has an, in, like the, that wall has almost yeah. like hole in it just from so many people touching it thinking Again, that god touched it oh my i gotta touch right, this because right, jesus right, right, turns right. out it wasn't him it was probably some yeah. child or something anyways yeah yeah Maybe. interesting we yeah. can't even figure out what jesus said let alone what he touched at this point right. we can't even all agree on that yeah um thank you for that that was interesting um i do want to get oh man there's so many things i want to touch on there was that was a lot that was good thank you okay. um i guess i guess i kind of want to go to the bible okay what is the bible to you now that we've See, and I want to backtrack. Did you grow up in the church at all? Or not at all. Did you grow up in the States? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Eastern Europe. And mm. Eastern Europe, um, for the most part, where I grew up was cultural Orthodox Christianity, which mm. means everybody claims that they're Christian, but for the most part, they don't a lot of them don't go to church, they don't read huh. the Bible, they just claim that they're Christians. That's that's the next question. What does it mean? to be a true Christian to you? What does that mean to you? So to me is really living out and trying to do my best to imitate who Jesus was, right? And we obviously always fail at that. Uh -huh. um, and really, I, I really like the phrase, it's like when we become a Christian, we don't become, we don't become sinless, but we try to sin less, right? <laughs> um, and so I like that play on words. Um, that's really, I've changed a lot of the things, the way I behaved before versus I'm behaving now. And mm -hmm. also how much, I mean, I used to like, I don't know, be frustrated with humans and just not really like people. And then suddenly now all I've, my work is all around helping people, loving them, mm -hmm. Um, supporting them and lifting them up and so to to me it's truly becoming more loving as a human too hmm. gotcha well i definitely see that with you helping people people helping people that's a lot of what you do from what i've seen um yeah. good job on that helping people they need that help um because 
Yeah, I'm just gonna Jesus. He's he's not really there helping out. He's just kind of giving feelings and and sending birds, clay birds. I think we as humans are the ones that actually do the work. Yeah, um, and that's what I see. A hundred percent is absolutely, absolutely. We have to step in and do that work mm-hmm. because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, and the way I talk about it, right? Even if you completely don't believe, um, and you're not a Christian, it is a proven, right? Like. Jesus was a historical figure. So let's say you only look at Jesus as a historical figure, nothing else. He's not a son of God. And hmm. still, he's such a great example. One, of, I mean, I think the best example of true servant leadership, hmm. right? It's complete surrender, loving people, accepting hmm. them. Um, I mean, he knew, you know, everything that was coming and still he, he followed his path. So Hmm. I say this to, you know, people who don't believe if nothing else, you know, try, we, um, as an organization, try to really lead by that example is Hmm. loving, serving, uh, accepting Hmm. like Jesus did. So in, in your, in your beliefs, um, is Jesus and God the same person? Oh, that's a hard um, you know, <laughs> uh, question to answer. Um, so t- the way I look at it, and if Jesus was not the you know son of God, and if he was just a human, then mm. he was a crazy person, right? Saying mm. all these things and doing so. Um, and I refuse to believe believe in that. Um, I think the way that I experienced it personally is that I think God loves us so much. And then he Mm. really, that was, Jesus was his way of experiencing what human existence is like um, to grow closer to Mm. us and send us, you know, the Holy spirit who becomes now, now we have a living God inside of us, right. Mm. Guiding us, giving us that voice. So I, I like to think that it was his, love for us that Hmm. caused him to you know send jesus and then the holy spirit interesting interesting okay so now we're getting into it now we're diving into all the fun stuff here so god sent jesus as a way of experiencing humanity maybe right like i i think Either way, we are as humans, we have such finite understanding of who God is. Um, This is my personal finite human way of thinking of this is how he um, wanted to grow closer to us. Because if you read the Old Testament, right, he was very more separated. There were so many rituals that we had to go through to even be able to enter the tabernacle, right? And so suddenly, this is the pathway for us to really get rid of all this middle steps and grow closer to God and him to grow closer to us. Which pathway did he choose to grow closer to him? To me, personally? To us. Like, which which pathway did God decide was the best way to do it? To get to human beings? Well, I think he just experienced what it means to be human through Jesus. And then he also showed us what is mercy, what is love and what is sacrifice um, by how Jesus died. Mercy, love and sacrifice. So there's a lot there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I want to. I, I want to address each one of those. Each okay. a mercy, love, and sacrifice. I'm gonna start with the sacrifice part of it. Yes. Um, as far as Jesus is concerned, he's an eternal being, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes. that's a yes and no, right? He was <laughs> in human form, which was finite, but then he re- got resurrected, which is infinite. So did he? Did God die? God didn't die. Okay, so God didn't die. No. So where's the sacrifice? In human form died. (laughs) But he came back. And he did go come back, but he was a, um, he still was a human too, right? So he's experienced all that pain. He's experienced betrayal Uh um, and hurt, Uh um, physical and emotional pain. So all of that was still present there. Yeah. 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 But he isn't an uh, uh, indestructible forever being that comes back 
So that's the sacrifice part of it is that he died and and, and he shed his blood Correct. Um, and that he got his feelings hurt and his skin ripped apart. That's that was his sacrifice. Okay. That's a pretty big so, sacrifice. And then he came back. Well, I mean, I think there's people that sacrifice more as as in, in real life um, than that. I mean, even in the Bible, they've got uh, I think it was Ezekiel who had to lay on his side for a long time for over a year. He, eat things cooked on poop i mean this is that was a sacrifice holy cow and then uh prometheus the guy that brought us fire he had to you know get punished or the liver eaten out by a giant eagle for eternity or whatever it was you know that's a sacrifice jesus yeah. came right back he came right back to life i mean i don't see much of a sacrifice there it was like he had one day a half a bad day I mean, really bad let's go with a half a really bad day <laughs> and i just don't see the sacrifice in that and then he's right up there with with his dad he's right next to his dad like nothing ever happened living it out so are you disregarding his um human experience of being persecuted betrayed yes, yes. so um, god is uh all-knowing all-powerful knows everything mm-hmm. but he needs to experience humanity that doesn't add up for me i don't think God would need to experience anything because he's God. He's experienced everything all at once. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. That just doesn't add up for me. That, that, that doesn't add for me. Then in the love part of it, Mm -hmm. can you show me the love part of creating a clone of yourself and killing it to yourself to stop your anger at the people that you created, knowing that they would do that. I I don't see that as a loving act. I, I, I could see, if I made God angry, the loving act would be, you know what, Michael? I see you're sorry, and I forgive you. That that would be love. That would be a loving act, I would see. Um, as opposed to, you know, you, I made you angry, so I now have to kill my kid. Or you have to kill your cat. You know, something has to die in order for that forgiveness to take place. I don't see that as loving. I don't see Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. I, we normal loving human beings would not do these kinds of things and but for some reason when god does it it's loving and i can't i can't grasp that i don't understand that mm-hmm. and then the mercy where does the mercy come from how how do we have mercy how is that merciful he has to kill himself to himself to save us from him i'm not really it's not really adding up to me here the mercy the love the sacrifice help it makes sense mm-hmm well, I mean, you're asking very um, high questions that I think a lot of humans are struggling yeah. with. Uh, I I mean, I did too, right? Like I was so angry for so long with God because I've experienced horrific things in my childhood, right? So I said, mm-hmm. okay, if God is real and you are love, like how did you allow all those horrible things to happen to me, right? Like it's yeah. completely, I think, you know, it's shown in the Bible many times um, that you know, a lot of um, characters in the Bible have struggled with these questions and they've, mm. where are you, God? Why are you, have you done this? Why have you forsaken me? And so on. Why so, have you killed my children, God? Right, you know, exactly. Hosea yeah. 9, 16, I will slay your cherished offspring. Yeah, but then, there's not much love in that. Maybe, but the thing is, the <laughs> fact that these ways are not our ways, right? We don't know. Right big big plan is and we have very finite understanding of everything that's happening now okay Mm -hmm. before jesus right um the tradition was um every time you know before anything any entering tabernacle there had to be sacrifice sacrifice how many animals have been right in order to why did god set that up in the first place why did god want animals killed that I I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's just God's plan, right? We Does that are... sound rational, though? With our finite minds that God gave us, we can look at his actions as irrational and immoral. With our, just our finite little brains. Maybe. Slaughtering children, slaughtering animals for no reason, slaughtering your kid because you can't forgive people. These are These are monstrous acts that we can look at as bad things as we would not do those things and if we had somebody we knew that was doing those things we wouldn't stand behind them and say that's a good person we would like whoa stay away from that guy well, <laughs> don't make that guy you know, mad <laughs> some people you know people followed hitler many people followed yes hitler. that doesn't make it right though Oh Absolutely. man, people follow monsters all the time and, and, 
and we need to like, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. That's a monster. Don't follow that guy. Stop, stop. You know, look at look at that guy. He's, he's gassing people. Oh, look at this one. He's drowning children. You know, I mean, there's there's bad and then there's bad and we don't follow bad. I don't. I mean, well, you know, and it all goes back to how the earth was created. Right. Mm. And then the first sin and then it completely fell apart. And mm. we as humans were given the choice of making our choices. Right. We are not mm. robots who are following um, some pre-programmed ways. And so do you think it's not possible for God to completely like redo Everything obviously probably mm. is, but he gave us the free choice of living our lives. And so we choose whether we're going to be a good human or not. Right. Um, even though he probably could make us do whatever he wants us to do. So is it not mercy for him to give us this choice? And uh, is it not loving to allow us to either blossom as human beings or just mm. destroy ourselves to me? I mean, if you think of him as a parent, right, as parents, that's kind of you're trying to teach your children to be good and give them this values. But if they choose to be a horrible human being, there's nothing you can do about it. It's still their choice. I'm not going to slaughter them, though. That's the difference. I'm not going to drown them either. My kids are jerks sometimes, but I'm not going to go over there and drown my kid because he's being a jerk. That's God's that's God's way of handling things. I'm a better parent. I'm not the perfect parent, but I'm a better parent than that. Uh, Romans 9, 18, Yahweh has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy on, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. Um, I, and there's Daniel 4, 35, all the peoples of earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. I I hear a lot that this this free will argument, but I I don't see it in the Bible. What I see in the Bible is God doing whatever he pleases with the peoples of earth and the powers of heaven. He comes in, he interferes, he sends lies to people so they'll be condemned. He, he, he moves things the way he wants them to be moved. He hardens whom he wants to harden. I don't see the free will. Can you help me understand why the Christians believe free will is a thing? Like, why do we believe that? What, 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 what is going on here? Where's this coming from? If there was no free will, then obviously he would make everybody believe in existence of God and we would not mm. question him and um, we would just blindly, you know, worship um, God mm. and do whatever he wants and um, follow all his commandments and, uh, <laughs> you know, follow what the Bible teaches us, but we, hmm. we don't, we have, um, he waits for us patiently to come or not to come to him. Right. Um, nobody's forced to, um, follow Jesus. Huh. You come to him willingly. I wasn't forced. I was, no, that's a good point. That's a good point that he doesn't force people to follow him. Um, but he does say in there that he's going to circumcise people's hearts and that he is going to, uh, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. That's not free will. If I have a choice whether to bow to a documented child killer or not, I'm going to choose not. And then he's going to force me to, to bow to him. That's even worse. <laughs> That's even worse. I don't get that one. And then what about people he hates? Do you think he really wants to have a relationship with those people? I don't know that God hates anybody. I think... Oh. Um... Well, I mean... Esau, he hated Esau. He said so. <laughs> I mean, he hated that guy. Uh, he hates the wicked. Um, the people of Ephraim, he hated those people. Saul is now unloved. Second uh, Samuel seven fifteen. So there's people that God hates. This this God that's all love does hate people, and he says so in that that book that you paid on Amazon for that you should have gotten for free. <laughs> I could have sent you a copy. I got a bunch around here. <laughs> could have oh, highlighted some things that. for you. <laughs> I didn't know you that. <laughs> so true. But yeah, so what about the people he hates? Does he really want to have a relationship with the people he hates? And do you think it just stopped here at these four people? Or was it, do you think he just stopped hating those people and doesn't hate anybody else? Of course, he still hates people. He's eternal. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, but think of it this way. Um hmm. 
you could hate somebody, right, as a human, and mm-hmm. eventually, um, I mean, I know I've hated people, and then um, because of the traumatic experiences they've caused me, mm-hmm. and then I've worked through it, and I found forgiveness toward them, and I don't hate them anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all, you know, think of it, obviously, we are just a small reflection of who God is with his personality and emotions. Hmm. If it works for us and we're a reflection of him and made in his image, who says that, yes, maybe he hated somebody and then he worked through forgiveness and he does want to have a relationship with them. Hmm. Well, I hate Pol Pot, Hitler. Oh, there's a whole list. I hate those people. And if God loves those people, then I've got a problem with that guy. That's for sure. <laughs> those guys are jerks. Oh my goodness. So as far as forgiveness, do you think it's, it's an unconditional thing? Do you think he forgives and forgets everybody? It's a complicated uh, question. Here's why. Hmm. So if I am constantly doing something bad, Hmm. right. And then suddenly I claim that I become a Christian, but then I continue to do the same things. I don't repent. I don't try to do better. Am I truly following um, Jesus? And am I fully surrendering to faithfulness? Right. So I think he's, he knows our heart and he really sees intentions behind it. So I'll give you an example of my own life. Um, I used to um, support my entire family in Eastern Europe. And on surface, I thought, and that was before I became a Christian, I thought I was such a good human being because I was sending money and helping them and look at me, I'm so good. And then I became a Christian. And what what started happening is that you start uh, seeing deeper into yourself as well. And I started seeing my true motivation behind sending money. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I was, in reality, I was quieting my guilt for living better over here in the United States in comparison to how they're living there now. On surface, again, I was doing a good deed, but my motivation was not good. And Is so that, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And so as as I I and I didn't see it before I became a Christian. Mm. So to me, my eyes are more open now to my own behavior and my motivation behind it. And so if you truly are listening to this, you no longer can can do things the same way. Um, and expect that, you know, here I am a good human beings, but, but in reality, my motivation is not good. So thank you for that. If you're doing something good for selfish reasons, does that mm-hmm. make that good thing? Not good. It doesn't make it not good, but it just like, it should be a reflection on yourself. Are you truly a good person though? Like I just, so if you're not doing it for the benefit of the people and not for the benefit of yourself then it's good if you're doing yeah yeah i think I so said that, that right. that's more like a so if it's for the benefit of other people and not benefit of you that's the selfless act right selfless and we like that that's good yeah but good. i selfless. was doing it selfishly uh-huh. because i was trying to make myself feel better so you were trying to kind of like getting the praise and honor for it. you're looking for that and for quieting my guilt yes and quieting your guilt so mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. So when we do things that are selfless, that is a good uh, quality, a, a good uh, characteristic. Sure. Gotcha. So when somebody does things that are selfish, we see that as bad. The You know, Christianity sees as bad, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Some well, people okay. see it as bad. Yeah. Um. From what and I, and again, I've read this Bible. I've read this book. Um, what I see in there is God being that selfish monster. He wants everything for His own glory, for His own praise. And if it doesn't glorify Him, He gets upset. I don't see that as a good thing. I don't see that as selfless. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I see God as selfish and egotistical. Things we find bad. 
I can see how, yes, he's a jealous God. Absolutely. He doesn't yeah. like um, when we worship anything but him. I would agree with that. And what happens if we do worship anything but him? Typically, you know, you stray away. Hmm. Um, you start making bad choices. Um, hmm. The world starts tempting you. What does God do when we stop worshiping him? So there is no clear answer of what he does because there's different examples of what he does and we mm. can't really predict what he will do. To some, mm. maybe there's nothing. To some, maybe there's going to be a wake-up call. To some, maybe um, they mm. will realize that they're heading down the wrong path and they will correct themselves. So there's, I think, million and one ways that God communicates and every person he communicates with is completely individual. I see him lashing out irrationally when people worship other gods, when people stray away from him and don't worship him or give him all the glory, mm -hmm. he lashes out irrationally. Uh, oh, we're not going to go to that one. <laughs> if anyone does, first Corinthians 16, 22, if anyone does not love the Lord, a curse be on him. Wow. This sounds like an abusive relationship to me. Deuteronomy 20. Oh, we're not reading that one either. Malachi 2, 2. If you do not listen, and if you do not set your heart to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Malachi 2, 2. I don't, I don't see that as good. I don't see that as a guy who deserves my respect and honor and praise. I see that as a egotistical monster. I mean... That's, I mean, that's just how I'm reading that. And, and, and he says he's a jealous God punishing children to the third and fourth generation. Holy cow. Now he's going to punish innocent kids for the mistakes of the parents, grandparents, or whoever. I don't see these as good things. I have <laughs> yet to see something to convince me that this guy is worthy of love and praise. He seems to be all about himself. And so if he doesn't like get it, he gets upset. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's I I can see from a logical perspective because I was there too, right? I was mm -hmm. reading and um if you read the Bible just as examples and as a historical um documentation of things of the past, then absolutely. But I think hmm. and I know it's not gonna answer your questions, it's very um emotional response because you have to experience it and you have to experience that moment of love um huh. that comes to most christians have some sort of that one moment that really stands out in their lives where they felt absolute love of god mm. and once you experience that it's very difficult to um not see him as someone who is in your life as a loving part of your life, hmm. but it definitely can understand um, how you feel and how you perceive it. Because I was there too for a long yeah. time. It, it's, it's to me, it's like, but Hitler loves me, you know, but <laughs> Hitler said something nice to me. He, he said, good morning to me every morning and brought me a rose. Yeah. He gassed the Jews. He killed millions of people. Pull pot. You know, he cooked me dinner and it was delicious and he cares about me, but he <laughs> slaughtered. He tried to commit genocide, but you know, he's a, he's a nice guy to me. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I see it here. God flood the entire planet. He drowned every puppy, kitten and baby and infant and toddler just drowned them all because he was upset, slaughtered the kids of Ephraim, had them starve to death. Because <laughs> he's upset because they were worshiping other gods. But Hitler loves me. That's where I'm at. That's how I see it. <laughs> but Hitler loves me. I'm going to love that. We're going to title something and I'm going to do this thing. Anyway, I love it. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. I, I see it as, as this as a monster that does something good for one person. And it's like, well, let's just ignore everything else he did. You know? So what is the Bible to you? Now we've talked about the Bible a lot here. I forgot that question. What is the Bible to you? Is it Second uh, Timothy 3.16, all the scriptures, God breathed, useful for reaching, teaching, correcting, training, and righteousness? Or is it just a stories and fables? And what is it to you? So um, I think it definitely God um, inspired and um, people mm -hmm. wrote it with inspiration of um, of God. But I do feel like even, you know, 
you you can read in the Bible, same stories written by different disciples, and they all are a little bit different. So mm. there's definitely a human factor in it, right? Because we each had, you know, each disciple had their own personality. So they wrote the same story, just a little bit different based on mm. who they were. For me, I think it's a place that helps me learn more of who God is, how he's trying to show himself to us. And then also, um, especially, you know, the New Testament is more about lots of good wisdom and nuggets on how to live your life Hmm. um, and be a more loving, accepting human being. Such as give me something in there that, that I can, that I can only get from Jesus or God. Oh my goodness. Where do you start? Um, I, um, when I started for, when I first started reading, um, the Bible, right, there's a lot of parables and it's, it's very difficult to understand, um, when you first start reading it, because it's like goes over your head. <laughs> and, some of them for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you just yeah. like, you don't, don't understand to me. Uh, one of the, one of my favorite stories are the stories of, you know, believing and the healing. Um, I've, <laughs> my personal journey involved a lot of, um, healing because of the trauma that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those stories are the ones that resonate the most with me, because to me, that's mercy of healing somebody who's struggling. Um, You know, there's examples of, you know, a woman who's been you know, bleeding all her life. And just because of her faith and touching his robe, she, you know, she was healed and and Mm -hmm. was accepted into the society because she was, because of her faith. So she had to have faith first. God wasn't going to heal her just because she wanted it or needed it. He wanted her to believe in him first. Right. That's again, we're right back to that abusive relationship. Believe in me and then I'll heal you. Otherwise bleed to death. <laughs> I don't see that as love. <laughs> um, but if she didn't have faith, she wouldn't have even gone there. Well, if God knew the needs and wanted to help out the people he loves, he sh- he shouldn't have to have gone there. So you're saying that basically in this world, God should be giving everybody everything that they desire? No, but if we are suffering and God has the power to stop that suffering, he should step in. I'm going to go instance. I could do this all the time. I'm sorry if it's too much, but kids in church, kids mm-hmm. being assaulted in church. This is God's own house. This is where he lives, apparently. But he can't stop kids from being assaulted in his own church. But that's not, you know, God's doing. It's still did a they, human being doing. Did, did they have enough faith, though, to for God to stop it? Was that the problem? They didn't have enough faith. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't touch his hem. Like, what, what would it take for God to step in and stop monstrous acts in his own home? So that's not how this world operates, unfortunately. This world is full of suffering and injustice and unfairness. Hmm agree with you and that started when you know we first made that choice to sin so Mm. when we come into this world it's unjust unfair um terrible things happened to me as a child too and Mm. that's why i was angry but then i am using that what happened to me for the good and i'm actually making a lot of positive um changes because of it right and so but that's my choice of turning a pain that I've experienced into something beautiful and bringing people into healing journey with me, um, hurt people, hurt people. So again, there's twisted people who work, unfortunately in the church and then Mm. they hurt those children. Then it's horrible and horrifying, but is God able to stop it? Is he capable of stopping it from happening? Of course, he's able to to do anything, but he steps in and helps people all the time, apparently. But for these instances, even shootings in churches, he doesn't step in and stop it. We don't see any miraculous like people shooting all over the place and then nobody gets shot. Like that'd be a miracle. What we see is a, a building burns down and there's half a Bible. Praise Jesus. That's like, oh, my God, come on. 
30 people died, but the Bible was saved. We're praising Jesus. That's what I'm saying. He can't seem to actually interact in any way that makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, freedom of choice, right? That that person chose to go and shoot and kill people and or hurt people and so on. And I understand you're you're bringing a lot of examples of hurt and suffering, but then there's many examples of miracles still even happening today, right? People sick and then suddenly they're not. Like it's still happening. Unfortunately, you know, people yeah. take focus on the negative and the hurt more. Well, we're going with God's not saving children from being assaulted in church to, I, I talked to some, God cured my Crohn's disease. You know, I mean, like, screw your Crohn's disease, man. Like, who cares about that? Why would God focus on that, on something so ridiculous or somebody found a parking space? It's like, who cares? Like, this is what God cares about? Your parking space over a child's life? No, sorry, don't buy it. You know, I don't buy it. If this guy's all loving and if he wants what's best for people, this is not what I see. That's not what I see at all. Only see maybe part of the story, right? Um, hmm. Sometimes hear stories like, um, you know, a shooting happened and then a child died, but then their parent created a foundation, right? Next thing you know, it has a tri tripling effect that's changing. Yeah, Anna. You're not telling me God killed that kid or allowed that kid to die just so that parents can do something good. That's not, that's not how I see a loving God functioning. I mean, that's not for us to judge. We don't. It is. It is definitely for us to judge a thousand percent. We have brains that are logical and we can look at these things and go, no, this doesn't add up. That doesn't sound loving to me. We can do that. Yes. Yes. So again, though, you can't have <laughs> both. So you want him to stop, but then you uh, want, to, like, you can't, you you either, he completely steps in and he operates this world as we are just his puppets and he does, we do everything that he says, right? Uh -huh. Or it's complete freedom of choice. You choose to follow him or not. You choose to be a good oh. human being or go shoot um, somebody. Yeah can't have it both ways he either steps huh. in and takes over right or we're autonomous logical like you say hmm. um we question we you know we wonder and hmm. we make choices in this life so what about heaven what about it is there free will in heaven i have no idea to be honest um hmm. what's going to be in heaven um beyond you know what is described in the bible but i think that's such a limiting um just even con concept of it right so think of it um back then right they didn't have cars they didn't the only mode of transportation was horses so horses are depicted in the bible so um because that was the finite understanding of a human <laughs> weird how that works we didn't right. have cars on the planes in the Bible. God didn't know about cell phones. Come on. Exactly. So, but that was, you know, by that moment when that was written. And at that yeah. point, horses was the mode of transportation. Yeah. But is there free will in heaven? Are we able to sin in heaven? Did God make a perfect place off earth? Is God so, capable of making a place without sin? So the Bible is saying that obviously heaven is where there is no sin, because in order to be next to God, there is no sin. So we know that hmm. now, again, in heaven, will we want to sin? Maybe that desire no longer exists because it's Satan did it. So I'm sure somebody's going to want to sin eventually at some point here and be able to and then get kicked out of heaven. So heaven doesn't sound like a perfect place either. God we'll is unable of making a perfect place. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. You've been you've been a great guest. I appreciate it. Um, now in God's hands is something I definitely wanted to talk about too. Um, I mean, get in God's hands. I mean, are we really safe? He's jealous. He tests people. He he sends things after people. I mean, in God's hands. I I don't see that as a good thing. I've seen what he does. I've read it. Yeah, I see which, where you're going again. Completely understand because I was there too. But I can compare then and now. And I just can say that um, it's a lot less anxious place to be um, when you do have faith. And I, hmm. I have personal well, experience. 
Um, and I can speak for myself, right? Like, because I've experienced it, the choices that I've made, the life that I live now, I, I'm a lot happier, fulfilled, hmm. have more positive impact. So my life has- That's how I feel. That's how I feel. And I left Christianity. So how does that work? We've got two same thing, but we're opposite sides here. That's why we're debating it, you know, (laughs) Uh, and that's why we're having this conversations because I've been on both ends Mm. and I prefer to be on this side Mm. um, just because how my life was and how it is now. Mm. Again, personal experience. And I just know how much of the Mm. positive impact I'm able to do now. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, personal experiences for sure. You've chosen, I've chosen not to worship a documented child killer. I'm going to push him aside and I'm going to live my life to be better, a better human being. For sure. I appreciate you. I'm going to give you the last word and tell us where we can find your stuff. All right. Thanks. Well, thank you. I appreciate this debate because I think either way, it makes you a better Um, human being, a better Christian, if you're able to defend your faith. So I really appreciate this opportunity to do so today on your podcast. Um, You can find my organization at cpofatl.com. And then my book is called Finding Courage to Change, and you can find it on Amazon. Yes, absolutely. I'll put the links in the show notes. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Anna, for your time today and helping me pronounce your last name. (laughs) (laughs) day and i appreciate you debating with me today it was wonderful absolutely talk to you later we'll keep in touch bye that's all the show there is for you today thanks for listening as always you can find me at the bible says what youtube and facebook pages you can also find clips of the show on tiktok under bsw the podcast If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will get you early access to each episode by at least three days, stickers, shirts, and shout outs. That's patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast. For the latest events, BSW swag, including signed copies of The Bible Says What the book, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Next week, and the Bible says what? I don't know what's going to happen. Stay tuned.